welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. O'Donoghue, I am so excited to have you as my guest for She's the Boss Chats. Thank you so much for agreeing to it. I'm looking forward to it as well, Jules. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait to hear your story. So first, tell everybody what you're doing. I have an online real estate platform where I'm trying to reduce the transactional costs for people and being smarter about how we use technology to sell real estate. Right. And of course, the next question has to be why. (laughs) Well, uh, the... The why is there's, it still costs us an extraordinary amount of money to sell a house. It, it does. And excruciating. It shouldn't. Yeah. Excruciating. And it shouldn't. It's actually a very simple transaction and there's very um, smart uh, marketing tools like the main real estate platforms which connect people to property. Yeah. So it's, it's – and it's and if you actually break down what, um, what needs to happen – People come to a house or they can look at it as a virtual tour. They can come through if they're really engaged with the property, walk through the house, walk out. Half an hour later, you're being charged $30,000, dollars $50,000 for that action. And it's and I um, I did sell real estate for a couple of years. I was going to say, have you got a background in it? Well, I've got an eclectic background. I, um, I've got a um, qualification in leadership and communications, ah. and yeah, and um, uh, and and it's probably essentially it was a precursor course to an event management course. Right. So, you know, loved organising things, loved yeah, loved coordinating things, loved communicating with people, and just and then. Um, Ended up working in local government in the recreation area. Oh, great. Well, hold on, hold on with that because I'm actually going to take you right back to when you were a little girl and get you to explain your career. I'm just particularly interested in why you set up your business and okay. and also whether there was a light bulb moment. Was there something that well, there happened was. that yeah. tipped you? So yeah. tell me all. Yeah. So I left. So if I go straight to um, uh, we, my husband and I moved to Ballarat. Um, had an opportunity presented to me to work in real estate as a PA. Okay. And I went, that could be interesting. Never done that before. Walked in, had to get my licence um, or the sales agent's licence, started selling and within 18 months went, oh, dear. My moral compass was being shattered every day. Oh, really? going on. And I just, um, I hated the pressure, the pressure cooker of the, the sales regime um, I'd, that, uh, I'd say there's an element, and I need to be very careful here, that, that agents do have a reputation mm-hmm. and some of them deserve it. Absolutely, they do. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, there's, and there's probably only 10 to 15% that are good agents that have got strong ethics and, 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 act, um, and act in the interest of the, of the seller. Yeah. And I think it's, um, it's an indictment on the industry. And so I walked away. Right. And then I had a personal moment where I was buying a property and the real estate agent gave me information about the seller, which empowered me to make a very low offer and secure the property at a very low price. Why? What did he tell you? 
He told me all about the fact that they were from the country. They didn't want to come down and do an auction. They were, oh, they'd already wow. presented the property to market. That they, um, if I couldn't put an offer in, he would do his best to get it over the line. Um, they just wanted it sold. Um, and so I was like, I'm listening to him thinking, you, have, you shouldn't be telling me this. No. You should not be telling me this. You are acting for them, not me. I secured that property, and we're talking six years ago now, for um, probably 30000 40000 less than what it was valued at right. and what I was willing to pay. Right. What I was willing to pay. And that was the critical point. And then a girlfriend had the reverse happen. She was the vendor. Right. And, and she had three real estate agents overvalue her home considerably, like to the tune of 20% overvalue. And then uh, then one of them signed her up to buy another house. She was forced into selling. Six months later, three agents later, bridging finance later, she sold the house for 80000 sorry, 60000 less than what it was put on the market for. Whoa, wow, right. So and we're talking pre the current environment. Yeah, and, yeah. And I, I was really angry and I was like, this is not good enough. You know, this person has had – and her stress levels was through the roof. And I thought, what if you just – connected people more? What if people were able to communicate more directly with the vendor and you could eliminate a lot of the rubbish? Yeah, makes that sense. Was going on yep. and, and just connect people. And, um, and ironically, what I've found is we've slightly pivoted over the last 12 months with COVID, obviously it was 18 months with COVID, um, is that people, a lot of people are really proud of their house and you're making a yes. decision to sell for a particular reason. And you bought your house for a particular reason. And the excuse that you are too emotionally connected to your home to sell it is, in my mind, rubbish. Yes. Because I'll give you a perfect example. Is My husband and I are selling our own home at the moment. Right. We have decided that we don't need to live in Ballarat any longer. Mm-hmm. We, Our children have gone. They're all everywhere else. Where do we now want to live? Yeah. Because we came here to educate our kids. Right. So we've chosen a place. We found a place. We are selling our home. We are, we have had a beautiful 20 years in our house and we've loved our house, but it's time to go. Yeah. And it's time for the next person to go, this is a good house and and we want to live here. And I am in a perfect position to go, this is why this is why I love this house. This is the the light comes in here. Yes, we the air conditioner is brand new. Yes, we've just painted all the yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. Or no, 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 whatever it is. An agent doesn't know that. They will never know that because they're selling 10, 20 houses. So they don't, they're not connected to your home the way the owner is connected to the house. Yeah. So we've actually found that when people sell their own home and they the buyer really responds positively because they're, they don't, they don't feel like there's that barrier and they feel a level of transparency yeah. about the communication and they, and people, most people can't lie directly to someone. <laughs> no. So, you know, it's a like, ah, uh, and if someone says, oh, look, there's a, there's, a, there's a big stain up there. What was that? Oh, well, we had this, you know, blah, 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 whatever it was, and we have fixed it. And, you know, if you can get up in the manhole and have a look, you know. Yeah. But if, I, if the agent was involved in that conversation, it'd be like, hmm, um, I'll have to get back, back to, to you. you. I'll read it. <laughs> you know, okay. And it's like you're going back and back. And that's exactly the experience I've just had buying is that I've gone back and back and back and back and text messages, can you ask them this, can you ask them that? Whereas if I had the direct phone number, which I've now got of the owner, 
conversations. Yes, we want you to leave that furniture. Yes, we'd like you to do that. Yes, we want to do that. No, back and forth. Yeah. Really easy. So that's what my platform does. Wow. So, um, And it enables people to sell their own property and then we back it up with all of the negotiation that you need. So if you say, I, I know how to negotiate, I'm going to do that myself, fine. But if you say, uh, that's an area that I'm a bit nervous about because what if I don't get the best possible price? How do I know that? Well, then we step in as the professionals and we manage the negotiation. Right. Amazing. And, and I don't so think we've told everyone what it's called. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, and the thing is I wanted to depersonalise it because you know, real estate agents, so it's all about, you know, um, Jealous Craig or, you know, Hocking Stew. It's all about names. Yeah. And it's like, it's a, and it's not about them. It's about you. Yeah. And I've called it next address because it's your, what's your next address? I love uh, and it. And it's like, and it's, um, and it, it, it just made sense to me. And literally I came up with the idea and the name Walking My Dog, Tilly. Wow. And I, and I came up with the name that night and registered that night. Yeah, and, five, and five, no five, regrets five. at all because it's an absolutely brilliant name. I love it. All right. Yeah, and the logo is good. Yeah. All right. Yep. So let's let's go back to when you were young, and talk about how your career has evolved to this point. Because I always think it's, I just think it's really interesting that um, young girls or young women might say, "This is what I want to be when I grow up." And of course, we now know with the with the wisdom of years that it doesn't pan out like that at all, yeah, or yeah. that you'll get what you want and beware because yeah. you might not be happy when you get there. So, oh, where did you so grow true. up, and did you what kind of family did you grow up in? Mm, um, an entrepreneurial family. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting background. You can actually split my family uh, on into two. One is entrepreneurs and one is doctors and lawyers. Right. And, and um, interestingly enough, my son, my eldest boy, is a farmer, Has is currently taking out a $6 million loan in his 30. Wow. And just an entrepreneur, like what else can I do? What else, how can I grow my business? Um, my daughter is has just finished a law science degree. Right. Double. <laughs> it's like so the genes just wow. keep you know, going down. Um, my father, um, I grew up in um, between Melbourne and Camperdown in Western Victoria. Okay. So I spent a lot of my childhood in Camperdown. So I had very strong rural and roots. Yeah. And, um, and, um, and my father, my mum married um, dad. He was a um, uh, – They. my father actually imported the first Kenworth trucks to Australia in 1958 with his brother. Wow. So, yeah, so That's and a- my father's one of the first people to ever water ski on in Victoria, and in, and uh, there's some great stories about him. So I can see, and my sister's got her own business as well, right? So, okay, um, and my cousin, and you know, we've uh, so dad and mum owned a trucking company. Yep. So I grew up around the smell of diesel. So, <laughs> yep. Um, and very, you know, dad ended up with I don't know 15 trucks at one stage, and so grew up in a very centered. Um, working family, yep. you know, where where you worked hard for your money and you enjoyed your money and then you went on a good holiday together. And so I had a very good, um, strong family. Yep. And Dad worked very, very hard, um, and um, but oh, we benefited from it. And I went to – I was privileged to be sent to a good school yep. because of the, what they did. And, did you enjoy uh, it? And, were, were you one of the girls that loved school? I – 
I wasn't very good at school. <laughs> it, um, no, as in academically, <laughs> academically, which is interesting. Yeah. But because I've got slight dyslexia, which is also the entrepreneurial dream. Yeah. Um, and my son has, and my father did. But um, uh, I was a very good girl. Right. Um, so no rule in, breaking. I, no, I was the sports captain and the prefect and the house captain, all right. that sort of stuff. Okay. And, um, and um and and ironically I'm catching up with the girls that I went to school with in the next couple of weeks we still have a network of of girls from that you know that, fantastic that, so I do um, I do the same There's, there were 28 of us I went to a school in Berwick and I reckon 16 of us are still all in contact with each other still <laughs> yeah well, we were we were 38 I think and I think we'll be having lunch with there'll be about 15 of us. Amazing. Um, Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so that, yeah, so that I suppose gives you that um, centered base yeah. to explore. So yeah. then when you um, finished school, was there thought of uni or were you ready gagging to I get always into the knew workforce? I, I, no, I wanted to go to uni. I um, had aspirations to go to uni. And I think if you, back in the um, 70s and 80s, if you did go to a good school, that's what you, you did. were, it was, you did go to uni. Yeah. And, yeah. um, uh, and it, it, it shouldn't be like that. And I, um, but I think things have changed in terms of uh, They have now, I think. And, and also because we now know there's so much practical experience you can get and it's probably in a lot of cases more useful than sitting at uni and doing theory. Oh, yeah. Well, the course I did was a very practical course. Okay. So because um, I was very good at sport and um, uh, I was being pushed to do a phys ed education. Right. And I was like, and I used to watch my closest girlfriends at school. You know, I would love to run fast, and I was a good runner. <laughs> right. And you know, and I had you know, more medals than you can poke a stick at. And um, uh, but my closest girlfriends hated running, hated it. <laughs> and I used to, I used to watch them and think, and they go, "We don't want to do it." And, and I'd think, "Why do I want to be a PE teacher and teach these poor bitches who don't who don't want to do it? <laughs> who don't want to do it?" You know, and. And it was like this isn't can't be a, my only career. And um, I stumbled across the course um, while I was being <laughs> chatted up at the snow. All right, what course? <laughs> it was called Recreation Leadership at Footscray okay. Institute of Technology. Wow! And um, it's now morphed into a um, another uh, the event management communications course. Right. And that's where I met my husband. Wow! And um, and I've still got. Oh gosh, there's still a network of about twenty people that we we regularly catch up with from that from those days. Fantastic. And um, so I did that, and then I went and worked in um, local government mm-hmm. in recreation, right? Which I loved, but the entrepreneurial sort of side of it was there. And and my husband's family are farmers, mm-hmm. which is ironic where my sons ended up. And um, and he he wanted the opportunity to buy his own, own business. So my parents were in a financially positioned to be able to support us to do that. So we bought a guest house in the Yarra Valley. Right. And Fantastic. I was 28 um, and had never, it was slept 55 people, it's four acres. Oh, right. Had, so this is a business. This is like, I, right, yeah. let's take. So what did you, hang on a minute though, what happened between 21 and 28? I worked in worked in local government. Okay. Worked oh, in, for that yeah, long. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not, yeah. A couple of uh, I started off in um, uh, working in a couple of smaller organisations before I I, I looked, got the good job in in recreation. Right. So, yeah, coming out of uni in the uh, in the um, mid eighties was challenging. There was a there was a 
uh, we had high interest rates, 19% interest rates. Employment was pretty tight. So I had a couple of part-time jobs until I secured this full-time position. And um, and it was out at Lilydale, which is where I'd sort of half grown up right. anyway. So I knew the area. And, and um, so – and Paul was working in a similar role for – the city of Doncaster and Templestowe. Okay, and um, Paul's your hubby. Yes, pardon? husband. Paul's my yep. hubby. Okay. Yep, yep. And we've been together forever. Forever, <laughs> forever, forever. We're very, we're very good soulmates. Oh, very that's soulmates. fantastic. Yeah. Okay, and, so, uh, so your parents buy this amazing property. Yep, we buy it together. Oh, you bought it all we together. Went, yep. So we we bought a house and we sold that house, put the profit into that. Mum and Dad put the profit in. We went to the bank and or put some money in to balance it out, and away we went. And um, uh, and we, I think we, uh, yeah. And so we um, started that, and we did that for twelve and a half years. What a great life! Uh, I presume at that stage you had kids and things. Did you? We, we had. We started to have children when I was thirty. Okay. So, so we worked for a couple of years, and then we had three children. And congratulations. I, I don't know how we did it. <laughs> I don't think any parent does. I had twins. I've got three. And you look back and think, how in God's name did I cope? But you do. Yeah. And look, we had like eight staff. We did full meals, breakfast, lunch and dinner. Wow. We had 55 beds to make on a regular basis and 20 toilets, 20 bathrooms. And it was – but by the end of the 12 years, I could barely talk. Oh, that tired, burnt out. Yeah, just just was like I, I can't do this any longer, and um, uh, so and we knew we knew that time was moving on, and we it was in Warburton. Okay, beautiful, a beautiful place. But um, Warburton is an interesting place. It's never kicked on. No, it's still a tiny little hamlet, isn't it? And um, it's really interesting. We actually had a. Um, uh, a Chinese back, uh, what would he have been? Entrepreneur, come and stay. Right. And he he loved the town, and he had his feng shui specialist with him, and he said at that time that the river ran behind the town and out, and it took the energy away. Right. And it always stayed with me because even since we've left, the town has not progressed. No, but it, yeah, but it's very I, cute. I mean, maybe that's that's cute. the charm in it in itself. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so it's an interesting town like that. It mm. just hasn't. But so we walked away with a little bit of money, not a lot. We bought another. We'd been fortunate enough to buy another property as a bit of a security. So we, um, and then it was like our eldest boy is actually dyslexic. Mm-hmm. He hates me mentioning that to anybody. Um, <laughs> well, why don't you just mention it in a podcast then? Yeah, yeah. Well, Chances are he Patrick won't listen. Like, no, he won't listen. Patrick's Patrick can't add up to save himself. Um, but um, incredibly talented young man. But um, so we wanted to get him into a very good school. And um, Ballarat uh, has some amazing schools. Mm-hmm. Paul is from here, mm-hmm. and it just made sense for us to relocate back here. And Paul's mum was still alive at that stage. She was in her early eighties. Right. Ironically, she died when she was 99 and a half. Oh, no. <laughs> so we actually had the most uh, – we had a terrific – the kids had um, a very um, amazing um, 15, 16 years with, with, with Lucy because she was a, um, a typical Irish Catholic 
stoic, um, no no money, soul of the earth type of woman. Yeah. No, no, and um, and uh, interestingly enough, our eldest son's just had a daughter, and he named her Lucy. Oh, so, gorgeous. So, um, so, so that's we came back, educated the kids, and I, uh, I got a job working in um, the non-for-profit sector. Yep. Um, for Red Cross. Oh, great! So, what did and, you do there? Um, I did um, fundraising and event management. Oh wow! So, back full circle, yeah. almost back to what you yeah, thought you wanted yeah. to do when you grew up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is and. Um, and did you enjoy so it? It's interesting. I did, I did, and then I, I ended up working for um, the Ballarat Cancer Research Centre, raising funds for them as well. Wow! Um, and uh, but when I first came back to Ballarat is when I worked in real estate. Right. So so did that first, and then when when I realised that I just the stress was too much for me of what was going on, um, and um, yeah, I used to drive to work on a Monday morning feeling sick. And it's like, nah. Oh, gee, yeah, nobody. No, that, that's right. That's not. That's a waste no. of your life if you're really yeah. dreading it that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I know because it was all about the sale. You know, what what listing have you got this week? Did you, you know, you know, pressure, pressure, just, pressure. Just, pressure, yeah, yeah. Because and because you didn't make money unless you sold, no. unless unless you listed that house. And so that incredible pressure. And they're still agents still live under that. And it's it is. it's not about the person. It's not about the um, it's not about them. It's about you getting this listing so you can make some money so you can move on. And it's, I, I reflect on it a lot as an industry that I, it's, it needs, it needs dis. Um, um, uh, I was going to say disemboweling, but that's <laughs> although deconstructing. Yes, yeah, it needs deconstructing because it's um. The money, where the money goes is that if you're paying and you know, agents don't like me telling people this, so let's say you've got a commission of $20,000 that you're paying. Yeah. 60% on average of that $20,000 goes to the agency. Right. So to pay their franchise fees, to pay their office fees, to pay their overall marketing fees, all of that. Yeah. You know, that's 60% just gone. And the remaining 40%, 20% goes to the agent that listed the property, so they've got Jules to sign on and say that she'd sell with whoever. Yep. And the other 20% goes to the agent that might sell the property. Now, they might be the same person, mm -hmm. but often in a, in a bigger agency they're not. So, yeah, the, the lion's share is gone. So these agents are uh, fighting over $2,500. Right. So you can see where where it's. It, it, the whole model, yeah, the whole model is is rubbish. And it's interesting because we have a lovely woman, Carol Robertson, um, who comes to the She's the Boss lunches and is from Mount Dandenong. And she says exactly, she is a real estate agent. She says exactly the same thing. She said, I just think most of them are sharks and they're not oh. ethical at all. And I want she wants to change, particularly around women 40 plus who she thinks, you know, really need help to understand getting a roof over your head is is possible. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've um, I've put together what I've called my golden rule. Yeah. Book, what are they? And it's oh, gosh, just off the top of your head, some of them. Um, like well, to understand that to so it basically is we've got one of the golden rules. This is how the commissions work. So go in with your eyes open. Yeah. So if you're choosing that agency, that's what your where your money's going. So make your Secondly, where the commission, you can negotiate the commission. Yeah. You do not have to pay what they say. You can negotiate the marketing fee. You do your own homework with regard to your property price because they 
can use real estate agents use exactly the same tools that are available to you and I. Yeah, right. Because so I, I always thought that I, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, thought that realestate.com and those sorts of things wouldn't take individuals, that they only worked with agents. But is that incorrect? Well, no, it's not incorrect. Realestate.com will not let a uh, – and that's why people um, have – I've set up next addresses because you, you, can't, you can't go onto realestate.com as an individual. Right. You have to use it. But you can with domain. Oh, okay. Cool. Yes. Uh, and they charge a bit more, but it's not all that much. Yeah. So, you know, and a lot of people are using it. And a lot of people are actually selling their houses on Gumtree. Yes, I've seen that trend over, yeah. over time. So Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm not sure if it's a, that's a good way because um, without um, criticising realestate.com, they've got the lion's share. You know, yeah. There is an incredible amount of people that Google. And we, we have, a, we have a, um, a national obsession with real estate. We do. Um, I, always, I always say it's a bit like instead of porn, I like just going through real estate apps. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And 50 uh, – and, like, and that's um, – but only – on average in Australia, only around 50,000 houses sell. Right. But the hits on realestate.com are something like, in some months, 10 million. Wow. So there's a lot. So if you, a lot of interest. You actually correlate that. A lot of people just looking around. Yeah. Just Snooping. sniffing. Oh, oh, did you see that the house down the road's for sale? Let's see. Well, that's right. <laughs> yeah. or, or I know yeah. I went on holiday to South Australia before the lockdown and I was looking around going, oh, I wonder how much houses are around here. It's yeah. all that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, we love it. And uh, so it's just been uh, having uh, opening your eyes to what is what your rights are as a, as a seller and what your opportunities are and where the money goes so you can actually understand and make critical choices about how you're going to Absolutely. sell your own home. Yeah. True. And that's, so that's, um, when did you set up Next Address? We set it up about five – we started researching about five and a half years ago. Yeah. And um, – I remember coming out to my husband and saying, I realised how much money was being made when I started to analyse how many houses were being sold, who sold them, where the money went, the money trail. Yeah. And went, I went, this is outrageous. This is, there's so much money being siphoned off and, and I can see how much this doesn't cost in terms of if you're using technology to link people. Yeah. How, how, and he looked at me and he went, um, you realise you're up against some of the biggest groups in the country. <laughs> uh, yeah. And he went, and you still want to do it? And I said, I want to give it a shot. I want to give it a shot. And he said, how much do you need? And I said, $10,000. And he went, and I said, no, I won't be working. Yeah. I won't be making money. And he said, oh, that's okay. And I'm fortunate Paul's got a good job. And um, and But I'd always never had to rely on Paul's income. I've always been had my own income. Yeah. Even when we had our business, it was that was the two of us. But since that point, you know, it's um, so not that that's we have a very equal relationship, but that was certainly something that was uh, an, not an issue. Certainly something that I had to consider. Put on the table yeah, absolutely. Would, yeah. And um, as of today, I still haven't made in any great money. Right. Um, but but um, it's cost us a lot more. I've got investors. Into oh it wow! With, How did you do that? And, who did you find? Oh, um, I mean, was it friends oh, and family or did you have to put together a pitch deck? Um, Jules, someone has just walked into my back door. Okay. That's okay. Um, excuse me. My husband's around the front. What did you come for? I'm sorry. Pardon? Which? Oh, the carpet cleaning. Was that today? 
Oh, give me half an hour. Half an hour. Max. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Um, I think that was it today. Um, uh, oh, now what were we talking? You were. Uh, I need to ask you a question just so that he can start the editing again. And I suddenly can't remember what the bloody question was. Do you remember? It was. Um... Uh, we were talking about. What were we talking about? Um... <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Well, don't worry. Let me ask you another question. So, um, so when did you actually go live with the website? Oh. That's uh, you know the question you asked me yeah. was investments. Investment. Oh, okay. Wait a minute. Oh, what was yeah. what was it about investments? About where I got investors from. Oh, yes. Okay. So let me start again. Yeah. So you said yeah. you got investors. Where did you get them from? Well, uh, um, family and friends. It's the old adage. Oh, well uh, family, done. Friends and fools. Yep. And uh, a small amount there. And then um, that kicked us off. Um, so, like, and um, and a lot of people were really interested in what I was trying to do and just, and then did things for free right. for shares in the company. Right. So, um, so my coder, um, the developer side of it, she has got shares in the company. Okay. The designer who did the um, logo and the web design has got shares in the company. My accountant's got shares in the company. So she does all the accounts for free. Right. Um, so, and then we just backed up. So then I just went to um, a couple of different um, sources, did some crowdfunding. Um, wow, you really did the whole hog. How much, did you, how much have you had to raise over time? Uh, we've raised about, uh, if, if I exclude my money, about 200000 Congratulations, yeah. Julie. That's yeah. great because yeah. that traditionally is very hard for women to get their hands on. So good on you. Uh, and, look, I, Jules. You've got some stories. Was, <laughs> uh, if I, dare I say it, if I had balls. Um, <laughs> You've got ovaries, ovaries of steel. Uh, and. I, it does my head in. It does my head in. Right. I know that I would have been funded more significantly if, if been I was a bloke. Bloke. Yeah, no and doubt. I was younger. Yeah, and um, uh, and because uh, there's ideas that are funded that are far less. Yes, I know. Than what my mine is. My, and it's like, my, I've got three entrepreneurial brothers, and one of them raised two million dollars pretty much on the back of a PowerPoint presentation. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I've had a business that was up and running for eight years and couldn't attract any investors. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. So, what's the what's your big hairy audacious goal for um, next address? Um, Where would you like to see it go? Um, I want to see it as as a real option for people that they actually go. I this is um, I can I I want just to be more empowered in my my real estate journey, and I think the next the the millennials want that too. Yeah, I think it'll like, yeah. Yeah, it'll, and it's like just be smarter. You don't have to spend all that money and. And and I'd like to see the industry. I the re, industry constantly reports me, Jules. Oh, for, does it? Yep. So I've got in the they last. They don't like so, you um, at all. <laughs> no, no. So three times in the last since Christmas, um, I've been con- reported to Consumer Affairs Victoria uh, by real estate agents. Wow. Gosh, the fact that they see you as such a threat is kind of a yeah. compliment, isn't yeah. it? You know, because uh, they're like, like all of a sudden they're like. Hang on a minute! All this money we've been able to grab off people for doing f all or very little yeah. is suddenly yeah. going to be taken away from us. I mean, I love that. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, and really, I have a relationship now with Consumer Affairs Victoria. <laughs> Hello, Julie. We've had another one. <laughs> and and like, and the irony is, they won't. They they under privacy. They can't tell me who it is. Yeah, you know, and it's like, 
Uh, and it's like, well, Julie, and so now we've just got, I had a license attached, a formal license attached to the business. Yeah. So, you know, now we've got that on the front of the website. Right. You know, so just things like that, that just, so, because um, they were saying that I'm not licensed to sell a property. Right. You no, know, and it's like, I do have a sales license. I, I, ironically, I, that they don't come to you first or even send you an email and go, hi, just wondering, are you a, lease, a licensed oh, yeah. real estate agent? Yeah, yeah. Stupid. Yeah, no, that's just. That's it's just all about undermining. Push- yeah, 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 exactly. So my goal is that we, we uh, that I'm still around in another twelve months. Um, <laughs> that we we actually um, we we start to get some real traction and people don't uh, they they realise that there is an alternative way to sell a home, and getting that message out there has been a challenge because the main the biggest problem Jules I've got is the mainstream media. Where their power, where their money comes from, is real estate agents. Yes, I know. I actually worked with um, a company in Queensland called First Home Buyers, and they were doing very similar to you. They would create the boards, they would help people with negotiation, the whole lot. And I remember trying to get them into, or that you know, I was coaching them, so they were, and we tried to get into domain and um, home in the in the Herald Sun, you know, that kind of thing. And it was an absolute struggle. But they did get a whole lot of publicity in other media, and I kind of go. You know what? As you say, it is an obsession with all of us. So if you read it in a different magazine or newspaper, um, it doesn't matter. And it, it and then you know the real estate agents can't start pulling the strong arm with the media, going, "No, no, we'll pull mm. our advertising." If you do yeah, this kind yeah. of a story, which is what I assume that they threaten to do. Oh, they do, and um, and they well, like we had a we just sold a home for a um, and it's a great story. He was a. Um, uh, his dad had to go, had a stroke. Needed to go to a nursing home. He needed to sell the family home. He needed four hundred fifty thousand dollars to pay the um, nursing home. Uh, nursing home again. Another system that's completely broken. But let's not go there. Yeah. Yep. And so he, the age, the local agent in Warrnambool said three hundred eighty thousand, four hundred thousand, and he said that's not enough. So he started to to search how he could sell it himself. What he needed to do. Came across me. We had a conversation, and he again said, well, I don't know about the negotiation side of it. And he said, I really want to auction it because I want to try and get the most I can. I said, yeah, yeah. So, and it was full of dad's stuff for the last 20 years. Wow, right. It was and he had, he, so he hadn't cleaned it out and styled it or anything? No. No. So he took, took, he took some photographs and I said, okay, Ian, I need you. And I literally went through room by room, just from the photographs, I said, take all of that off, do, take this off, take that off, move that to there, move that to there. Just basically gave him a spreadsheet of, you know, put the coffee table in front of the window, take those curtains down, throw them in the bin. Um, yeah, right. Take, you know, every, every, was brutally honest. He did, with his wife, he did exactly what I wanted him to do. We went in with a virtual tour. Yeah. And did the, a, a good, the, the best virtual tour we can do, photos. We did a little drone. We sold it in three days. Wow. For five hundred and forty-five thousand dollars. Wow! Now one hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars more than the local agent. Wow! Wow! And that Julie. cost that cost that family less than six thousand dollars with the advertising, the drone, and my time. Wow! And he he showcased the house himself, and we had three interested buyers, and they wanted it. Young couples, and away it went. Oh, what a so, great story. And that's, and like I've got every house that I've sold in the last, it has sold for above the local agent estimate 
uh, which is interesting. Yes. And we've used the same tools, and we've and often we've put a little bit more on it. So we actually put that on the market. Ian's father's property. We put on the market at four fifty. So we started it there, thinking four fifty to four eighty. You know, which was Ian just said, if I get four fifty, I'll be. That's what I right. know. That's all he wanted. Yeah. You no, know, he's. I, I know Ian stories with Jules, thank you. And I go, Ian, wasn't me. It was the market. The market, you know. No, but you guided him. And I mean, I think that's the thing that makes a huge difference. Okay. Now, um, in my interview, I also, because this is about women and women in business, I just like to ask, and and there may not be anyone, but have there been any women that have helped you in your career? And if so, do you want to name them and tell tell us how they helped you? Because I just feel like, you know, we need to get the names out of all these amazing women out there. Yeah. Yeah. If there have there's been any. Yeah, and there's I've still got two that um well there's a couple that play an important role in my life now. One's a woman called Vicky Mann, yeah. or Vicky Young actually. She has gone back to her maiden name, Vicky Young. Vicky um is on my board mm-hmm. of management and she's she's just there. She's a she has if I'm struggling with words, she I can sometimes ring her and she'll go and just nail it. <laughs> You're right. Um just um and if I'm feeling down um, and I now we have a very personal relationship where she's been in COVID lockdown with two children in Melbourne. You know, and I often just ring her and say, "How are you?" Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you need to because I, that's just a, a horrible situation for all the yeah, all the women with yeah. young kids. And another woman called Jasmine Batra, who actually um, has a digital company called um, uh, Arrow Digital yeah. with her husband. And Jasmine's a very centered, calm analytical creative thinker and she's been wonderful to to um and I and she she gives me scope yeah great too, which is good yeah and they're probably they're the two at the moment early on in my life um I probably had a woman that's since passed away a woman called Trish Ridley and um what did Trish do uh, Trish tr- I could uh, Trish had been um uh is um very clever in marketing, a very, very clear thinker. And I met her socially and then just watched her career and watched how she presented herself and saw her as sort of someone that I would like to emulate, that I could see where her her um, her ability with people was so strong. Right. And I admired her greatly. Yeah. And, oh, um, good. So that was, yeah, yeah, probably those three. Oh, fantastic. Yep. Okay. Talk to me about work and life when, you know, you're mad for your husband, you're trying to run a business, he's got his business as well. Um, do you have set hours that you go, okay, we're just going to work, you know, nine to five or eight to six or whatever and set aside time or is it all a bit mixed together? No, 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 we do. We um, we do. Right. Um, we have a very, we have a routine. Right. Yeah. Tell me, yeah. what is it? And um, uh, <laughs> breaking together, but we're normally checking out our own emails. Um, Paul's got a very serious big job, so he, he will be um, – uh, and then um, off to our – he's got a space and I've got a space, um, <laughs> obviously with COVID. Yep. Um, and uh, then we have um, – I'm, I'm in charge of making coffees. Yep. At about 11, 11 o'clock, about time for that coffee now. Right. With the, so <laughs> we'll have a coffee and then um, back, back to it to lunch. Um, we might you – know, I might take the dog for a walk. Um, and then weekends, yeah. are you weekends are sacrosanct for family and hanging out, or? No, we'll if if we need to work, work we will. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, if we need to, yeah. All right. Um, 
Yes. All right. Yep. Um, we're coming close to the end of it. So I've got a great question that I love asking people because you never know what's going to come out. Is there a quirky fact that most people don't know about you that you'd be up for sharing? <laughs> um, my husband, I was dancing on a pinball machine at <laughs> a local pub in Footscray where I'd started uni the week before and I was had had a few sherbets, and my husband now came up to me and said, "I want to buy you a drink." <laughs> and I went, "Really?" And six months later, we were living together. Wow! So that pinball machine has something to answer for. Yep. 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 <laughs> All right. And the yep. very last question um, is about apps on your phone. Do you use any apps on your phone for business outside? Uh, so yep. outside of the bog standard ones. Um, anything yep. interesting uh, that you've discovered you can share with us? Um, oh, the ones, the stock center ones, um, scan, the scanning pro. I, I, oh, I scanning use pro. Scan, scanner pro, I think it's called. I, I um, use Jotnot, but it's the same thing. So it scans documents and turns them into a PDF. Yeah. Yep. yep. Great. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, um, I'm, I'm, um, I'm trialing, um, Podium, oh. which is a text message platform. Rather than a um, then rather than a chat function, it's a te- it's a, a text function on your website. Okay. Um, because um, the theory is that people are responding quicker to text. Yeah, which is true. Are. Makes sense. And, yeah. and what have you found so far? Any good? Well, I've got two strong leads out of it. Okay. Um, so it's just a matter of driving more people to the website to drive more interaction with it. And I've also found that clients have texted me on it as well. Oh, that's now. interesting. Yeah. Yep. So I What's think. What's it called again? Um, Provian. Po- po- podium. Oh, P-O-D-I-U-M. Podium. Yeah. Okay. Podium. Podium. So, um, so that that's probably the one that um, uh, that I'm, I'm just going to see how that goes. So far, so good. It's only been a, with them a month. Right. A month. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and I use a virtual assistant as well. Okay. What a virtual, uh, as in a VA, as in a person yep. who's a VA, or do you use yep. an app? Yep. No. Okay. VA, yeah. VA, yeah. Yeah, good, yeah. good. Okay, yeah. and last but not least question is do you do any, do you play any games on your phone or is it really just for work and phone calls? Uh, I listen to story tapes. Oh, on where? Audible? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that just makes my brain stop, um, slow down. Yeah. And, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, you'll have to start listening to She's the Boss Chats next. get inspired by all those women well listen Julie thank you so much for this fantastic interview just give everyone the email address for or not the email the web address for next address again just in case they want to go and have a snoop yeah so nextaddress.com.au okay fantastic well that was easy (laughs) well thanks so much Julie I have no doubt at all that you are right at the tip of the iceberg with something that's going to grow because I think people are so desperate for alternatives so Thank you so much for providing that service. Thank you. Thanks, Jules. Bye. No worries. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'stheboss.com.au. 